Well, good morning, everyone. It's good to see you. Welcome to the Church of Jesus Christ this morning. Uh, it's good to see many of you, uh, some, some of you for the first time in a while, but it's uh, always wonderful to see you here, and uh, we welcome everybody. Um, this morning, as we get started, and, and I, I, I guess let me say, and those virtually watching as well, we welcome you uh, in as we uh, are on our YouTube channel, and we just pray that God will bless you. Uh, as well. Um, we're going to go ahead and get started this morning and we'll just ask everyone to stand as we open in prayer and we look to the Lord. We're going to hear from Brother AJ this morning, so have a prayer in your heart for him that the, uh, God's message would be delivered through our brother. Uh, let's just look, turn to the Lord. Heavenly Father, we come before you today. We want to thank you and praise you for Jesus Christ, our Savior. Lord, we thank you for the gift of salvation we thank you for your love towards your children, and, and Lord, as we uh, gather in your name today, we pray your blessing upon us, that all that would be said and done would be according to thy will. And Father, Lord, we just uh, we invite you into our meeting today. We pray that you would uh, be with us, lead, guide, and direct everything that is said and done. We pray that uh, there are many needs that we are aware of, and, and Lord, even too many to even try to call out this morning, but one in particular, Lord, that we, that we read about even recently is just that we would pray that you would go to Brother Dan's side even at this time as he's dealing with this situation of illness upon his body. Lord, we pray that you would uh, reach down from your throne and touch his body, heal him. Lord, allow him to return uh, even into our presence. And, and Lord, we just ask that you would uh, be with him even at this very moment. And, and so, Lord, we just invite you in today. We thank you, we praise you, and we look forward to what you have in store for us today is our prayer today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Grab me the clicker. I forgot for the slideshow. Oh, never mind. Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Church of Jesus Christ. Um, it's wonderful to have all of you here. And it's wonderful um, to be under the sound of the gospel. And, you know, this past week, again, I like to throw out reminders for us. Um, if you haven't joined us in our Wednesday nights, please do. And we had a beautiful spirit in our testimony meeting this past week. And yeah, it spurred some of the thoughts that I had today that, you know, the Lord's put on my heart for the last couple of weeks. And, you know, someone testified and said, you know what, I was going... I went to this event, and I was struggling through this whole event, and I remembered how simple it was when I focused on the good things and the enjoyable things at this event. And when I showed people love, how easy it was to enjoy myself. And you know, to me, there was so much behind that that I thought about it. Yeah, I, myself, personally, sometimes I try to complicate things. And I get so worked up and stuck in the details sometimes, whether it's at work or whether it's at home. And sometimes if I just get back to the very basics, how much better my life is, how much more joy I have, how much more love I have for my family and the people around me. And that's kind of the underlying theme that I want to talk about today. So I'm going to test everyone's Hebrew this morning. And you can see it's written in Hebrew up top. And the word today is nihashtan. And I'm going to explain what that is. And it's written in a few times in all of our scriptures, in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, and in the Book of Mormon. And it's repeated over and over again for a very specific reason. 
And we're going to go back to the very first um, point, if I can get it to move. The very first scripture in Numbers, 21st chapter, verses 4 through 9. So, just to kind of set the scene for us. So, this is Israel. They've been delivered from Egypt. And they've crossed the Red Sea. They've seen miracle after miracle um, journeying through the wilderness. And we come to this verse, and we come to this scripture. And it says, And they journeyed from Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea to compass the land of Edom. And the soul of the people was much discouraged because of the way. So here they've been working and journeying, and it's starting to get old. And Lord, you promised us we're going back to the promised land, and we're not there. And impatience sets in, and the whole nine yards. And it says, And the people spake against God and against Moses, Wherefore have ye brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no bread, neither is there any water, and our soul loathes this light bread. So we'll take you back a few chapters. Israel was hungry and starving in the wilderness, and God provided manna from heaven every morning for them. A literal miracle every day, food to sustain you. And it's, Lord, I don't like the taste of this. Can we get some, something else here? You know, maybe some hot dogs or something. I mean, it's not kosher, but can we get something else? This is terrible. I mean, come on. And you know, complaint after complaint at this point in time. So this is what happens. It says, And the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people, and much people of Israel died. Now, it's interesting, because you, you get this one little blurb in this verse, but if you go to some of the other writings, the Talmud, it goes into further detail. You know, it, weren't that, it wasn't that these snakes were kind of writhing around and they were on fire. It was the bite of these snakes felt as if you were on fire. Pain throughout your entire body. I mean, this was literal painful suffering that Israel would go through if you were struck by one of these snakes. And many people, you know, imagine, you know, writhing around on the ground in pain, leading to death. Hundreds, probably thousands of people in the wilderness this was happening to Therefore the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against thee. Pray unto the Lord that he may take away the serpents from us. And Moses prayed for the people, and the Lord said unto Moses, Make thee a fiery serpent, and set it upon a pole, and it shall come to pass that everyone that is bitten when he looketh upon it, shall live. It's curious. You know, why didn't God just get rid of the serpents? Why wasn't Moses able to just offer a prayer and heal Israel? But he gave him an example. And he said, take this pole, put a serpent upon it, And the picture looked somewhat like this. So you imagine Israel looking up and focusing on this. And you know, as you dig in, this is that word. 
Nehushtan. And it literally translates into you know, a bronze, you can say idol, it doesn't necessarily translate directly into a bronze snake, but this is the word that the Israel used for it. And it's curious, you know, even in the current day, if you look at the Church of Moses, which is over in the Middle East, there is actually a statue erected to it to remind them um, about it. You know, so what happened to it? They kept it. So it was something that Israel focused in on, and that's what healed them right then and there. But they kept it with them. And it traveled with them. And as we go on, you read in Israel's history, 2 Kings 18 chapter, what Israel started to do, that this symbol of healing, this symbol of praise became a god to them. And they started burning incense. And they started worshiping this bronze serpent on a staff. And that became one of their gods. So a righteous king, Hezekiah, came, he saw this, and he destroyed it because he was so upset at the people of Israel that this is not your God. Yahweh, our heavenly father, is our God and destroyed this so that they would understand we have one God that we are supposed to worship, one God that we are supposed to serve. These things we need to get out of our faith, out of our religion, out of our out of our group, out of our temples, and we need to focus on him. So that is the word. And what's interesting is when I look back at the scripture, God gives us these types and shadows of our lives and types and shadows of things to come where he'll give us an example in the Old Testament and he'll repeat it in the New Testament. And we look back and say, oh, well, that's what it's supposed to mean. And there's some things that we start to gain understanding is, when I look at Israel, I see us. I see myself. And I, when I read that story, I say, well, we're afflicted. We're hungry. We're thirsty. And the one that I think really hit home with me is that we are impatient. I am impatient. You know, think about that. You know, we want to, in our lives, be fulfilled. And we hunger and we thirst for things in our lives that will bring us joy, that will bring us happiness. And we look everywhere else except for Jesus Christ. But he promises us that if we seek him and if we search after him, we will never be hungry. We will never thirst. But yet we look for other places for it. We are all sinners. We all fall short of God's grace and his glory. We are all afflicted by that sin. And all of us need to repent. All of us need to make sure that we are in line with Jesus Christ. And for me, being in patience is kind of the story of my life where we ask God for a sign, we ask him to answer our prayers, we ask him to help us, and sometimes he puts that answer right in front of us, as he did with Israel. 
All you have to do is look up at this serpent, this bronze statue, and you'll be healed. That's it. And people continued to die. Because they didn't do one simple thing. And to me, it, we do the same things in our lives where we ask for prayer, we ask for God to give us a healing, or we ask him to provide us a job, or we ask him for spiritual strength. And through that, he's giving us patience, and he's testing us. And we complain, and we kick against it. Well, this is the way I want it, Lord, just like Israel did in that story. The miraculous manna from heaven. Lord, I don't like the taste. I want something else. Lord, this isn't the job that I wanted, but you miraculously gave it to me. And we want to throw it back at him. So sometimes the answer is right in front of us. So why is this important? What is the purpose of this scripture in, you know, going all the way back in Numbers? How does it apply to us in our lives today? And we jump forward to the words of Christ in John, the third chapter. And it says, And Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness. And this is Christ talking to Nicodemus. This is someone who is very learned in the law and in the prophets. So Nicodemus knew the scriptures. And Christ points him back to this. And he says, He lifted up the serpent in the wilderness. Even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. You see, it was a type and a shadow of Jesus Christ. That's the important thing that we have to go back and look at that verse in the Old Testament. That We have to understand that it was for Israel that they might understand who Jesus Christ is. And here was Christ kind of revealing it to this man and revealing it to us in the New Testament that there was a purpose that that serpent was lifted up. Just as Christ would be lifted up and we must look to him. We look to the Christ of the cross that we would understand that his sacrifice was for you and for I. That he died willingly for us. The scriptures say, while we are yet sinners, Christ died for us. In all of our mistakes, in all of our filth, he loved us. He loves you today. We need to look and understand that, that he died for us. You know, just as a parent loves their child, no matter what they do in their lives, we will love those children. No matter what mistakes or decisions my kids make, I will love them. And that is our Heavenly Father today. That no matter what you do in your life, God loves you. Jesus Christ loves you, and he reaches out to you today. So we talked about that theme of simpleness. So in 1 Nephi, the 17th chapter, 41st verse, I'm going to jump in kind of in the middle. Nephi starts talking about this story. And he says, He sent fiery flying serpents among them, and after they were bitten, he prepared a way that they might be healed. 
And the labor which they had to perform was to look. They had one job. If they were afflicted, all they had to do was look. Just lift up your eyes, and it was there. And because of the simpleness of the way, or the easiness of it, there were many who perished. Does that sound like us today? That's too easy. The example was right in front of them, and they missed it. Something so easy is just to look up upon this serpent, they would be healed. Just for us today, if we would just simply look to Jesus Christ today, there would be joy that fills your soul. That if we would commit our lives to him, it's not the physical healing that we're after today. It's the healing of our soul. It's the gift of eternal life that we gain through that. That is the ultimate healing that we're looking for through Jesus Christ. And he says it starts as simply as looking and believing in him. See, the message is easy. So there are three things I want us to focus in on. And the gospel, I really feel, can be broken down into these three things. And when I read the scripture, if we simply look, if we simply listen, and we simply love, God will take care of us. And you will be blessed. Helam in the 8th chapter, 13th verse, says, But behold, you not only deny my words, but you also deny all the words which have been spoken by our fathers. And also the words which are spoken by this man, Moses, who had such great power given unto him. Yea, the words which he hath spoken concerning the coming of the Messiah. And we read that short little blurb in Numbers. And we get this glimpse. But this, this verse in the Book of Mormon the 14th verse says, Yea, did he not bear record of the Son of God should come? How clear was it for them? How much of an understanding of Jesus Christ did they have? And according to this verse, they had a very clear understanding. And that's what Moses was preaching to them. That they would look up upon Jesus Christ, that they might be healed And as he lifted up the brazen serpent in the wilderness, even so shall he be lifted up who should come. And as many as should look upon the serpent should live, even so as many as should look upon the Son of God with faith, having a contrite spirit, might live, even unto that life which is eternal. It isn't the physical healing that was important. the spiritual healing that we are in need of today. Jesus Christ said, you will always have the sick among you. We will always be afflicted in this life. We will have the aches and pains that comes with us. We will have all the other things, even in the middle of this pandemic. It's as real as it could be today. That healing is not the most important one in your life today. The most important healing is that you look to Jesus Christ as the author and finisher of your faith, that he would give you strength, that he would walk with you, that he would talk with you. If you do these things, this is the healing that you need today. 
This is the path that we must walk along if you want true joy and happiness in this life. Back up a little bit. Like I said, we want to make things so difficult sometimes. And we want God, when he speaks to us, to put that road sign with big blinking lights and say, hey, this is the decision that you're supposed to make today. But sometimes he's already speaking to you. We're just not listening. And in the fifth chapter, 30th verse, and it says, and it came to pass when they heard this voice and beheld it was not a voice of thunder, neither was it a voice of great tumultuous noise, but behold, it was a still voice of perfect mildness, as if it had been a whisper and did pierce even to the very soul. We, not, we may not hear God speaking to us with a bullhorn. But I can guarantee you, if we listen for his answer, it's there. It may not be loud. It may not, may not knock you over. Well, maybe the answer that you're looking for may knock you over. But what he's speaking to you is that still, small voice. You know, I know in my life, I sometimes have not heard that voice, but I felt it. I remember his peace coming over me. Whether it was when I made all the wrong decisions as a young man, when I was stuck, not knowing what to do, and I remember the most simple prayer in my life, you know, Lord, just please take care of me. I didn't hear a loud, thunderous, cracking voice. I didn't even hear a small, still voice. But he sent his spirit, his comforter. And it felt like a warm blanket touching the top of my head and going all over my body. That is how the Lord works in our lives. That he can answer us in any way. But we want to make sure that we're in tune with his spirit. That we'd be able to actually hear it when he speaks to us. So these, as we look up towards Jesus Christ, we start to listen to him. As he starts to work in our lives. And something can start to happen in our lives. We need to begin to listen to other people. And James, in the first chapter, 19th verse, says, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. And for those of you who've been with our congregation for a while, we did a marriage seminar. Um, we called it Pink and Blue. And there was a wonderful um, a pastor who took us through that and talks about the differences between men and women. You know, if you look in the secular world, there is men are from Mars, women are from Venus. And I've read that book, and when I counsel 
um, young couples for marriage, I buy them each a copy and we read it together and we go through it. And one of the things that is inherently problematic in us men is when we sit down with our spouses and we say, tell us about your day, and they start talking about the different problems that came with it, we start rattling off all the solutions on how we can fix all of our spouse's problems in that conversation. And it brings friction and it brings conflict in our marriages because what we've learned is our spouse just simply needed us to listen to the problems. They didn't need the solution right then and there in that moment. And what do we do here in church? How are you today? Well, the weather's nice. But how are you actually doing spiritually? Are we truly in tune with one another that we ask ourselves those questions? Do we really want to know the answer of what we're struggling with? And this takes some introspection, doesn't it? Because God set up his church, talks about confessing our faults one to another, he has given us a testimony. And we all come from different walks of life, whether it be addiction or broken homes, broken marriages. All of us have these unique testimonies on how Jesus Christ worked with you. You see, and those testimonies are built for our brothers and sisters. Because one of the ways the enemy works is he makes you feel isolated and alone, and you feel like I'm the only person who struggles with this sin today. But you're not. And our brothers and sisters have been down that road. We need to have the love of God within our lives that we might, be feel, that we might feel free to open and share and listen to our brothers and sisters when they hurt. Because that is a pure and unadulterated gospel of Jesus Christ. It's not hard. It's not difficult. As Christ talks about in Mark, the 12th chapter, it says, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, with all thy strength. And this is the first commandment. And the second is like, namely this, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than these. And we want to make it so difficult sometimes. And when we have, we want to complicate the gospel. We want to complicate God's message. But when it's really boiled down to it, Jesus Christ points out to us that we need to love him first. In addition to that, we need to love all of our brothers and sisters who are here today, all of our brothers and sisters who are at home virtually today, our family, our friends who surround us. That is the crux of the, his message. That's what it all boils down to. It says we are made in his image. And what did he do? He came willingly and died on the cross for us because he loved us. God, our Father, is the ultimate giver. He gave us his Son. On top of that, Jesus Christ went willingly. And here we are, built in his image, made in his image. We're supposed to do the exact same thing. 
We're supposed to have that kind of love for our friends and our family and for all of us. But we get distracted. And challenge yourself this week. Where do you spend your time? Work? School? Family? What are your hobbies? Play the piano? The guitar? You like to tinker in the garage? Think about those things that bring you joy. Do you have the same love for Jesus Christ? Do you put in the same effort to those things that you do with your relationship with God? And this is what he points out in this verse, that very first commandment. And he's not saying that these things are evil and wrong. In fact, part of that is having a good, healthy relationship with all of those things. But do you love Jesus Christ first, above all of those things? The same effort that you put in, do you put it into your spiritual welfare? Do you read the scriptures? Do you pray earnestly? Going back, are you listening? Are you looking to him? Or it's, I know God's got me in his back pocket. I'll take care of this on my own. And this is what I do. He gave me this brain between these two ears. I'll figure it out. God will go with me. And you don't pray about it. And you don't do those things. But he's saying, do you put me first? Do you pray? And are you going to listen to the answer that I'm giving you? Even more love. 1 John, 5th chapter, 1st verse. It says, Whosoever believeth that Jesus Christ is born of God, and everyone that loveth him that beget, loveth him also that is begotten of him. It's a little wordy. If you love Jesus Christ, if you have given your life to him, you should also love those who have also given their lives to Jesus Christ. By this we know that we love the children of God, when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. It's simple. It's not onerous to do these things. But we make excuses, we get distracted, and we tell ourselves that they are. We say it's hard to serve the Lord. It's hard to love others around us. But he reminds us that, no, it's not. I'm not asking you to move the sky. I'm not asking you to move the mountain. I'm asking you to love. I'm asking you to look up towards me, towards Jesus Christ, that you might understand everything that I've done for you. And no matter where you came from, no matter what your background is, I love you. I want you to listen to me when you pray. Because the answer is there and it's at your fingertips. These things are not hard. So from the very beginning of time, we go all the way back to the Old Testament. You know, the Book of Mormon is very clear that when Adam and Eve left the garden, the great plan of salvation was ministered unto them. The only way that we are saved is through Jesus Christ. 
So we read in Numbers that Moses knew he preached about the Son of Man coming. And this was a shadow, this was an example, that as a serpent would go up, so would Jesus Christ be lifted up, because he loves us. And he looked at Israel, who was hungry, and he said, Jesus Christ is the bread of life. That he is that, he is that fountain where everlasting life comes from. If you are thirsty, if we seek him, we will never thirst again. We sing those songs. That was Israel in the wilderness. It was an example of us in this day and age that look what they went through. But the solution was so simple. He healed them physically. But more importantly, he can heal you spiritually today. Those holes in your heart that you have whether it's the mistakes that we make that bring us that anxiety, whether it's the mistakes that we make that have caused conflict in, in our homes, whether it's broken relationships, broken families, it doesn't matter. Whatever that is today, God can make up the difference if you let him. And it's as simple as we want to make it. So my prayer for us today is that we would look up at Jesus Christ. We would listen to him, that we would listen to our brothers and sisters, and more importantly, that we would love God, that we would love him who gave everything for us, and that we would love our brothers and sisters. May God bless you today. Certainly uh, enjoyed our brother's message this morning, and um, you know, uh, like AJ, as he said it, I concurred in my mind, trying to make things so much more difficult is something I think we are really good at. Um, and this idea of uh, looking, listening, and loving, um, I was thinking about how in my life, proportionally, sometimes I'm doing one, maybe sometimes two of those things, but the third one is the farthest from my mind. And I think we can plug and play those, those things in our lives at different uh, times in our lives and different uh, challenges that we face. And it can be very difficult at times and we make it something and it's, it's what Satan is going to use to cause us to stumble. He's going to tell us it's a lot harder than this. He's going to tell us it's more than just looking to the Lord. It's more than just listening or reading his word. It's more than loving God first. It's more than loving your neighbor as yourself. And that's the lie he's going to continue to feed us, to cause us to be um, discouraged, to to drive us in this mindset that it has to be so difficult. It's got to be so much more. And it's getting back to those basics, as Brother A.J. pointed out so beautifully. And so, I, I, again, I would just encourage us to examine those in our lives, those, those three words, and, and take the scriptural references our brother gave us today and, and research them. Read God's word. Look at how um, when we read the word of God, it leads us down this path. And um, we have the opportunity to serve God in such a powerful way. Um, uh, for, for those of us that will be uh, 
exiting now as we uh, leave our virtual group this week. Uh, we pray God's blessing upon you. And um, we certainly thank you for tuning in um, as we will go into our, our prayer service here and um, into our sacrament service as well. Um, we look forward to when the day that we will all be here together. Um, you know, I, I know some have complained that we don't have a camera up here and panning this way. You only get to look this way when you're virtual and you see someone standing here and maybe somebody sitting there and that's all you get to see. Um, but I'll tell you that uh, just about every pew has or seat has someone in it today. And so we're thankful for that. We thank God for that. Um, we thank you for joining us virtually. Um, we know that it's difficult from time to time for us to do this this way. Um, but we thank you all for tuning in. Um, and we pray, first and foremost, that you're getting closer to the Lord, that you're looking to him, and that you're listening to him, and that you're loving him, first and foremost. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we, uh, we thank you today for the message that's been delivered. We thank you for the opportunity that we have to, uh, to worship you and to hear your word preached. We thank you for the inspiration that you gave our brother today in bringing forth this message. And we pray that we would uh, internalize it, that we would take it into our hearts, that we would draw closer to you, Father, that we would find the ways that we can look to you first and foremost, and not as an afterthought, Lord, ways that we can listen to you, in whether it's seeking out your scripture or praying and listening for that still small voice, even as our brother explained to us today, or that feeling that you give us from time to time, that wonderful spirit that you've placed within us. And Father, we just uh, we want to thank you today for your love towards us. We thank you for sending Jesus Christ, our Savior, and we pray, Lord, that as we would remember that love that you've given unto us, that in turn, Lord, we might love you first and foremost, and that we might love our neighbors that are around us, Father, that we would love our families, that we would love our children, that we would love our friends. And Lord, even as you teach us in the scriptures, that we might find a way that we would love our enemies, even though that sounds so difficult, Father, we know that your message is true. And we thank you for the example that Jesus set before us, who, when he was upon the cross, Lord, he asked that they, you would forgive them, for they knew not what they did. And Lord, we just, uh, we, we thank you today. We pray for those that are watching virtually, that you would be with them, even as we separate at this time now. Lord, that you would bless them, keep them throughout this week, and Lord, continue to abide with us here as we continue our meeting. We pray in Jesus' blessed name. Amen.